Welcome to the Selling Without Sleeves podcast with me, Sarah Jolly Jarvis. I'm here to share with you real life stories from high performing salespeople and business owners, as well as my own insights and learnings around what's working well right now in the sales world. Telling things like it is without the sleeves. Hello and welcome to today's episode. It's episode 36 and it is the 12 days of Sleesmas. So welcome. Um, so what, what's this all about? What am I talking about today? Well, I want to talk through those sleazy lines that you've heard banded around at this time of year. Um, or to be fair, any time when, um, you know, people are trying to maximize sales. So you've got Valentine's Day, key moments of the calendar like that where people are wanting you, basically your money. It's my own take on those 12 days of Christmas and the lead up and the types of things that you are likely to hear and the types of things that people are likely to use to try and get people buying from them. So I'm going to talk through you know, the festive season and how to avoid navigate your way through all the sleaze and through using those sorts of, of approaches to avoid them for life, not just for Christmas. But first, a little bit of an update, um, or more of a thank you, really, and acknowledgement this week. Um, I just wanted to give a shout out to a very talented client this week who'd achieved their first ever five-figure month. How very exciting. Super well done. You know, it's not been an easy year. It's it's not like they're an industry that, you know, you're thinking, oh, yeah, you can make the most of, of having a pandemic. The, the, the person in question, you know, she's really had to work hard. It could, it was an industry that could have very easily have been affected. And, you know, she could have very easily furloughed herself, which, you know, I know of people who actually were in much, much better positions, who had businesses that actually, you know, around mental health, around mindset, which could have, they could have made a decent amount of, of money and helped a decent number of people during this time but they chose to furlough themselves. So, you know, people are to have taken that option. You know, there are people who have, do, who have done that. But this person in particular, um, I was working with at the time and, and continue to do so, obviously taking a little bit of a break right now. But, you know, they, it wasn't an, even an option. They didn't even entertain that. It was straight on, you know, what can I do? What can I be doing? And, you know, it's a really, really well-deserved achievement. You know, she deserves every single penny of that money. So now it's a base of, uh, of maintaining that and growing from there, but a great end to the year and, and a really well-deserved and, and great reward. So, you know, that's that's one of those, you know, keep on uh, keep on showing up and, and creating those opportunities, even if it seems like you are up against it. Um, but another shout out goes to, uh, for a different reason, I'm kind of groveling um, for my ever patient uh, booksmith, Matt. He's my kind of booksmith, writing mentor, whatever you want to call yourself. He's, he's shown the patience of a saint as uh, once again I have arranged and then rearranged our sort of progress call so I had the uh, cold read and I had feedback on that most of it was really good there were a few elements where they were suggesting changes and it was then down it's then down to me whether or not I make those changes or not and I am yet to do that so um, there's a, a mountain of feedback to get through and digest and as yet yes I am having to um to, to work on that I'm promising that now I have my evening back so I'm, I'm saying it you know like publicly so I've got to stick to it now that I'll be able to concentrate more so you know I've got my evenings so the idea is now that I should, can be able to use some of those to work through that book um having just gone through our sort of quarter planning and seeing what I need to do between now and the book launch and 
the end of April, beginning of May, um, there's a lot to be done. And so um, I've I've promised that, well, I've, I've put in the diary the 12th of January to have our next progress meeting. And I've said by then it will be done and it, and it will be done because it needs to be. So with, with no further ado, so a, a good well done for one client and a bit of a grovel to um, my ever patient writing mentor, Matt. So on to the day, 12 days of Sleazemas. What I've done is actually I've taken sort of five very key approaches, problems, uh, challenges that you come across during times where everybody's scrambling for, for your ideal customer's money. And I want to talk through to you, with you, you know, what's, what's, where's the sleaze and how you can navigate around that while still getting, you know, the same outcome. It might not be as in the bag. Uh, it might be a more softer approach to it, but, you know, you can create the same results um, without having to, to compromise your integrity and be sleazy. So the first one up is false scarcity. Okay. So, you know, the problem is that it breaks trust. So what I mean by false scarcity is saying there's only a limited number of these things. And actually feeding into that is number two, which is false deadlines. So it's basically getting somebody, it's incentivizing somebody to take action now. The problem with lots of people uh, when they're going through the buying process is they get, yeah, they're like, yeah, I'm really into this. I definitely want this. And then the energy dwindles, they get uh, distracted and they think, oh, I'll come back later and they never come back. So you want to keep that person in the heat of that moment. And one way that you can do that or a couple of ways you can do that is using false scarcity or false deadlines. Now, you know, the key word in here is false. Yeah. Um, in, in both, in both cases, the word false is there. You know, if there is a scarcity, if there's a genuine scarcity, you know, whether it's a self-imposed scarcity, um, you know, for example, you only want to sell 20 units at that price, uh, or you only want to provide 20 people with that opportunity. There's a genuine deadline, like for me, um, you know, when I ran the academy, the academy had to be ran then because it had to finish before I was due to go off on maternity leave. There was no sort of compromising about that. It was a very clear deadline. You know, I was wandering around with said deadline and, and as an ever reminding uh, element of my appearance. And so, you know, that was not a false deadline. That That's not false scarcity. That's genuine. You know, whether you've imposed it on yourself, you know, for example, for a, for a deadline, for a genuine deadline, you know, it could be the fact that I am only having this open, that the doors to the scheme are only open for X number of times a, a year or for the next seven days. And then after that, you know, that you'll have to wait another year before you can get on it again. You know, that sort of thing is a genuine deadline, whether you've created it yourself or whether just circumstances have, have caused it. So, What's the problem with it being false? Well, the problem with the, with false scarcity, false deadlines is that it breaks trust. Okay. If you are putting something there and saying, uh, this is only available for a week and then three weeks later, you make it available again, you know, same offer, same thing, or even just at first glances, it looks like the same thing. There might be some minor nuance which is different but as far as your sort of audience are concerned at first glances it looks like you've lied to them not surprisingly that breaks trust yeah it's a massive turn off and the problem is is the whole scarcity thing now and the whole deadline thing 
it is a massive it can be a massive turn off and it can make people very uh, you know skeptical of when you're putting out a deadline or scarcity because they just don't believe it because they've heard it before you know it's it's not you who's cried wolf it's not you who've, who've made this up before but people in your industry have people that these people have come across your ideal customer have come across have have done it falsely before and so you know they're not as convinced that actually yeah do I need to act now um you know you've all been onto those websites where you've clicked through and it's been like this offers for so long and yet you know a week later you can see the same ad you can click through and then the offer's only available for that for that long again you know so you know that it, it's not genuine and so you know that there's no point in acting now so, you know, don't do that. It's basically the solution. Um, you know, don't make it a false one. Stand by the scarcity that you produce. Stand by the deadlines. If it is the fact that you only want to sell it to 20 people, then only sell it to 20 people. Don't reopen it in the same format, you know, marketing it in the same way. It's just, it doesn't do you any favors. And, um, you know, what you're aiming for here is not to make a quick buck and run it's to you're in it for the long long haul um you know you want to make the most of of getting to know your ideal customer building that know like trust so that if these people don't come back to you personally again they will refer other people to you and i have a nice little story next week about referrals and the value of providing people and being genuine with people and how actually that can that can repay you for years to come the solution is to have genuine parameters you know create sort of like add-ons if, if you want somebody to take action quickly for example with a deadline you know so the top action takers the first 10 people get a bonus or you know if you're saying your um, membership only opens three times a year only open it three times a year you know if you get strapped for cash then do something different don't go back on what you're doing people don't even like this whole oh due to popular demand or whatever they just heard all the crap before um it's like when somebody says oh our sales been extended because due to popular demand why why are you if these people have if you if demand has been there from these pe- from people they've bought from you if they've bought from you you don't have to leave it open any longer because they're not going to buy from you again are they because they've already bought it and in the vast majority of cases it's absolute rubbish so make sure that you don't do that make sure that you stick by whatever you're saying then number three on the 12 days of sleazemas okay one of my uh, top three as um the sell and run competitors okay i've dealt with quite a few clients who've experienced this it's a real pain in the bum it's basically they come in they'll have low prices they have no interest in delivering quality they're just ticking that box yeah they're like the dell boys of the online world they infiltrate your market they promise the world deliver absolutely nothing and then they run off with people's money you want to be aware of you know it's not only those people taking that custom there and then so somebody stands sitting there and thinking oh do I go with this person or do I go with this person and 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 deciding to go with that competitor who you know has been a very fly by night hasn't put in the work hasn't put in hasn't got the knowledge that you have I was talking to somebody around qualifications and they were in the the sports massage world and they were saying that um you know you get people who actually they haven't been trained to the level that they've been practicing at you know the public haven't been aware of that and I was saying actually 
that something very similar happens in the equestrian world with blacksmiths and um, people who have been doing they can you can basically go on a weekend course and learn how to trim horses feet or you can learn to be a blacksmith and it takes four years now there is absolutely no guessing you know who is the most qualified there must be more to it than what you can learn in a weekend if somebody has made a four-year qualification out of it and so you know it's a case then of if you're in that situation where you've got people coming in and it just doesn't have to be over Christmas as I said before you know these are scenarios that happen all year round if you do get people who there's low barriers to entry and there's lack of knowledge in your customer base then you know you have got that risk of people coming in undercutting you and and being very badly skilled the problem with that is it not only takes the customer from you there and then on that one transaction but it also uh, affects people's trust in the market in the longer term in some cases for example with the with the sports massage somebody who has been working uh, above what the level they're trained at um, offering services they shouldn't be when those services don't work out which you know they're likely to not work out because that person hasn't got the knowledge and the ability they're going to be writing off sports therapists full stop as opposed to thinking hey was that person actually as good as um, they made out and so it can really affect your industry and it can really devalue what you do and so one of the best things you can do for that is to uh, make sure that you are educating your customer they need to understand the value. What are you offering? Why are you charging what you do? Um, and that doesn't mean putting out a post going, why do I charge so much? People ask me, why do I charge so much? But explaining to them that, you know, they're not, not all, not all in this example, sports therapists are made equally. You know, there are people out there who, um, who aren't qualified. This is how to make sure that this person is qualified. This is how to check up on these things educate them in basically you're equipping your ideal customer to go away and ask the questions you want them to ask and I'm going to come on in uh, next week's uh, podcast actually around USPs and you know helping somebody to understand the value in your USPs by getting them to think and question your competitors around well you know what do you do here and do you offer this and how long have you been doing this for it can all help them to to appreciate actually what a great deal and what great value you are. As well as um, educating them, you can also be looking to show off those testimonials. So, you know, share those testimonials, share the, the results that you've got for other people, share your knowledge and your technology. So, you know, if it's the fact that I use this tech, I've, I've got this qualification, this is what it means to you. And this is the key thing is loads of people pipe on about, you know, I've got this qualification and that qualification, or I've been doing it for 20 odd years. If you've been doing it for 20 odd years really badly, then does it matter that you've been doing it for 20 odd years? You know, what you're bringing to the party when you've been doing something for a long period of time is a vast depth of knowledge and what that means to them is is that you can fast track them through that process and you can help them avoid all the pitfalls that you've been doing for the last you know you've experienced over the last 20 years so they're, they're paying when they're paying to work with you they're paying to fast forward that that experience um, and, and avoid all those scenarios so they can get ahead um, much quicker than they would be able to on their own equally with a product you know you've been established for a considerable length of time that obviously shows that what you're you know pushing out is decent because people are they're coming back you're getting repeat business or you're getting people who are buying from you it shows social proof so you know getting those testimonials out there sharing your knowledge and you know the information you use 
can can really help so you know if i with with the with the agency um the retargeting that we do that the amount of retargeting we do and the different types of retargeting really help the customer to get in front of and convert those warmer leads um and it it reduces their cost of customer acquisition which increases you know the the amount of money that they make per uh, customer that they attract uh, and so they have more budget there to um to put back into ads or to spend elsewhere in their business so you know it's it's sharing that information with them and letting them know um basically not just your usps but also how they can they can go about differentiating people in the market and and, and understanding for themselves where whose value you know is where that will help you then to compete against the sell and run competitors. What I would say, which is going on to point four, is avoid bitching about your competition. Okay, so point four is actually, I've put in quote marks, bitching. Um, we've all heard it. It's embarrassing. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the scenario is, you know, I, I unlike such and such, um, we, we produce it. It's better quality. So actually, we were looking for... Um, <laughs> Again, another example for you. We were looking at weighted quilts. So they're like weighted blankets. And we went on to the um, the market leading uh, blanket producer um, of these weighted blankets. Because apparently you're supposed to get a better night's sleep. I think I'm getting a better night's sleep if I stayed in my bed for long enough. But the problem is that a certain uh, B3 still has me up. And yes, although it's improving, I'm possibly not the best person to test a weighted blanket, which requires you to actually be in a sleeping position and stay there and sleep for um, a, any length of time. But when I am getting sleep, I do feel more refreshed, I think, than I would on sort of three hours consecutive sleep. But anyway, back to the main point, um, which is the, the the market leader was saying, oh, we use top quality uh, materials in our blankets, unlike the cheap Chinese variations that you'll find on the internet. At which point, actually, as a customer, I went, so there are cheaper versions out there. I'm going to go on to Amazon. Other places are available, obviously, and, and see what else, you know, see... <laughs> See, see how much they are. And, you know, they are a third, a third of the price. Okay. So, you know, rather than talk about luxury and the value of the luxury and the value of the feel of the product or the durability of the product, they were saying, you know, the materials we use aren't cheap and nasty like the other ones, but they weren't saying how that impacted the customer experience. And if they had, they'd have probably got me thinking, oh yeah, I don't want some sort of nasty fiber that isn't very breathable and makes me feel all sweaty but they didn't they didn't go that far they just bitched and that, and that was it um, and actually that made increased my awareness of their competition and that's what you need to be super careful of I have been in sales calls where people have mentioned the competition more than their own business name and so it leaves your your customers very confused and I've I've seen time and time again where customers have actually then gone on to think that you were from that competitor company which is just super embarrassing and disheartening so you know steer clear of the bitching sell your sell your product sell your services on your own merits not somebody else's weaknesses all that person has to do is is reduce that weakness negate that weakness and you know you're kind of your whole sales things collapsed where you know you've seen time and time again where people have provided something and they've really owned it there was obviously the famous scenario with the beer producing company that slips my mind now who got a guy in 
yeah, it was just, it was it was one of the gurus, and you know they were talking about how actually they went in and they talked about the process, and actually it was the regular process that everybody uses, but they owned it, they talked about it, they educated their market on it, and in return, people associated them with oh well, they use this and they use that, and, and everybody actually in the know was going well, yes, yeah, so does everybody else, but they were the first ones to educate people and and to talk to people about that, and so you know that they, they were sort of if you snooze you lose and in that case they did really well with it um so sell yourself on your merits not on somebody else's weaknesses it's more attractive it's refreshing there's enough bitching there's enough putting people down there's enough you know slagging the the competitors off you know show your integrity show how actually you can rise above that and you have the confidence in your own product to leave the competitors be and talk about what you've got saying that you can educate, okay? So you can tell people to be mindful of, consider, okay? But don't outright bitch, not the whole, you know, well, we don't use nasty products like um, alternatives, cheap, cheaper alternatives that are out there. It's just it's just not attractive. It's not good. Um, whereas actually they did talk about durability, as I say, and that the luxury, the feel of it, then they could have got me paying three times as much. So yeah, so bear that one in mind. Okay. If you're obviously, if you are naturally bitchy and your ideal customer likes that, then, you know, go and knock yourself out. But, um, I would steer clear of that, um, unless you want to associate yourself with that. Fifth and finally is pressure selling. Okay. So forcing a decision, using manipulative language, coercion, making people feel like, actually they're pretty rubbish if they don't buy it actually you don't really love that person if you don't buy them this all that kind of stuff you know if you want examples of manipulative language um, and coercion then you know just spend your time around any child at the moment who's you know leading up to and getting excited about Christmas I'm going to be disappointed and I'll be really sad and oh, I just want that and all these other different things that they come out with, which pull at your heartstrings. It's manipulation. They're manipulating you. I have to remind myself of this on a regular basis, but they are manipulating you. And, you know, that's what people can do with their marketing and with their sales messaging. So make sure that, in my opinion, I would steer clear of that. I think people can end up feeling quite cheated. They can feel railroaded into doing something they actually didn't want to do. And particularly, actually, when you get people onto sales calls, which is why, you know, coming back to the skepticism, which is what I was talking about with false deadlines and false scarcity at the beginning, that's why, you know, people do want to steer clear more often than not from um, having the, the, the sort of sales calls. You know, people are concerned over getting on a sales call and being sold at and people tend to book one of those when they're they're that bit more convinced because they don't want to feel railroaded they don't want to be railroaded into into doing something signing up to something that they don't want to, to use or do the solution to that is you know come on how do you want to treat your customer how do you want your relationship with your customer to start and this is you know it's very much like dating and as you're um, here in the episode uh, 37 which is the next one out you know I'm always talking about sales being like dating I'm always making reference to the whole dating scenario and and this is a very clear example of that do you want to start your relationship with your ideal customer do you want to you know court that to use such a like yeah like an old people term courting um but you know do you want to start that relationship 
with that person feeling under pressure, feeling like they've been manipulated. I'm hoping that you're saying, no, I don't. If you're thinking, yeah, that sounds great. And this probably isn't the podcast for you. But, you know, let your customer feel that they have the space and the respect that they need. You know, that's helping them, understanding them, using their language, um, giving them the space they want. If they want to think about it for a couple of days, yeah, definitely let them think about it for a couple of days. Understand what they need to think about for a couple of days. But, you know, respect that. Don't start with the, well, as soon as you get off this call, the price grows up and all that shenanigans. Um, It's just awful you don't want also somebody to start that relationship with you they're going to end up with buyer remorse they're going to end up wanting you know to to get a refund and you know I remember somebody asking me what's the best way to deal with buyer's remorse and I was like well the best way to deal with it is to avoid it in the first place uh, and make sure that doesn't happen by you know making sure that that person is in a position where um, they are confident they want to buy from you and interestingly talking to one of our mentors he actually tries to talk people out of working with him one of his one of his sort of tacks on, on in the sales call is to you know is to say to them well you know we're going to expect this and we're going to expect that and you know lay it down this is my expectation if you're not up for this then don't don't do it that actually works out really well because I think there, there is that element of, of people feeling like actually no I definitely do want this and for those which are wavering it's better than wavering on a sales call um and then taking time to, to take stock and figure out if they really want to, to work with you or not um then it is for them to start working with you and then for it all to go really wrong um and for it to have been a waste of your time so you know let that customer feel like they've got the space um respect their decisions understand their decisions and then you know that way you're avoiding those cancellation and those refunds which to be fair take up time and generate you zero income so I hope that has been useful for you. You know, it's not just about the now. Obviously, <laughs> you're very short on time now, guys, to make any sales before Christmas as this airs on Christmas Eve. But it's bearing in mind for the rest of the year and also thinking about those relationships that you're going to be building. If you're sat here thinking, you know what, I've had a really bad Christmas season build up I didn't make the the revenue that I really wanted to make then you know tune in to the podcast in the new year because we will be going through in that um, what you can be doing now to stop next year from being so painful and actually making you know next Christmas the best Christmas you've ever had in your business please do keep tuned in for that. Obviously, as ever, that information can be used at other times of the year. The point is, is you're, you know, you're looking at long-term relationships. You're looking at building that no-like trust. Um, and then, therefore, you can call on that whenever you need to to generate those sales, be that Christmas or summer or a, a time when you need to generate more income in your business. So next week, we're talking all about what makes you unique. So um, I'm getting down there with the kids and talking about why your customer should swipe right. So yeah, check in on that one. In the meantime, I want to miss you, miss you. I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. And I will speak to you just before the new year. Okay, guys, I'm not going to wish you happy selling because I do hope you're just going to eat lots and pig out in front of the tv thanks for listening take care bye thanks for listening to the selling without sleeves podcast if you enjoyed this episode please head over to itunes or stitcher or wherever you're listening from to leave us a review it's a good way for us to know what you like so we can create more of it